Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Stocks for beginners. It is easier to play the long term game because you might not have to be as active. You might not have to follow the markets as much as, say, if you were day trading, where you'd be constantly watching the market, every ticker, every price action, really, to really like take advantage of the market. But simple strategies like dollar cost averaging into an index or just investing over time, it works. And there is a positive bias to the stock market, it tends to go up over time. So don't try to time the market. You know, if you're in it long enough, let compound interest work for you in your favor and you'll be fine 10, 20, 30 years from now. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. There's many ways of looking at risk. It's a core factor to consider in your portfolio. Diversification usually helps. But what is true diversification? To explain, I'm joined by Jeff and Vinny. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Phil. Thanks for having us. Jeff Tsai and Vinnie Yu are the co-founders of Javelin Invest, a new app that helps investors see the risk of stocks in their portfolio. Jeff previously worked in various capacities in risk management at Mutual of America, and Vinnie served as a portfolio manager for a variety of firms. So let's go through your backgrounds, where you came from. Who wants to go first? Absolutely. I will go first. And this is Jeff. Yes. Thank you, Phil. I was an actuary trained actuary, and I know actuaries tend to be focused in insurance, focused on risk, and that is my background. Um, I helped with risk management, asset liability modeling, cash flow testing, and ran a lot of the insurance functions for Mutual of America while I was there. Okay, and uh, Vinny? I've spent about 15 years in the financial industry as a trader, portfolio manager, and mergers and acquisitions advisor. So I've done all kinds of finance with uh, all types of different investment training. So how did you two come together? Where did you meet? We both love basketball and we have a friend that loves basketball. And uh, a couple of years ago, we met through basketball and we're just talking about how we want to help people with their investments because we see that a lot of our friends, you know, kind of just not knowing what to do, maybe like chasing a lot of these uh, hot meme stocks that are popular and, you know, maybe like just taking on a little bit too much risk because obviously they're our friends and we don't want them to- To blow up their accounts. To lose money, right? So uh, we got together and, you know, Jeff is a risk management guy and I have my background in trading. So we're like, hey, let's come up with something that can actually help some people just kind of analyze the risks in their portfolio. So Jeff, this seems to be one of those things where it's a bit of a marriage made in heaven because risk is a really huge part of investing and um, the complementary skills that you have seem to be able to help you to highlight what those risks are and to try and help to avoid them. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously, like Vinny mentioned, you know, our first love and what brought us together was basketball and playing basketball together and also the drive to help people. But when we were actually talking about what we wanted to build, I said, hey, I really want to help people understand risk and investment risk. And Vinny said, oh, that's amazing. Like, I really want to help people understand how to be better investors. That's his passion in life. You know, my background, while not directly 
associated or involved with actual, you know, equities or stocks. You know, I helped a lot with the company with their asset liability modeling. So I did have some understanding of risk from a company perspective. And I think that's a little bit of what we're trying to bring to is this whole idea of portfolio analysis and thinking of it as yourself as a company and bringing that tool and making it available to a retail investor. Can you just describe what that is? How you go about looking at a company and um, managing that risk? Just give us an actuarial insight. Absolutely, yeah. So obviously I worked for an insurance company. And so our focus is number one, always safety. We're highly regulated, especially, you know, I live in New York. This company I work for is domiciled in New York. And so we have some of the stringest insurance regulators in the world. And so number one is safety. But number two is making sure you can meet your demands, the demands of your liability. So whichever insurance products that you're offering. The company Mutual of America that I worked on focused on annuities and life annuities. And so we were really focused on managing any cash flow guarantees that we had in our liabilities for our clients. And then thirdly, what matters most is obviously as a company, you, you do want to be able to make money from your investments and your assets. And so in being able to analyze what you're invested in and seeing how you could, one, obviously safety, two, meeting your liabilities, but then three, making sure you can take enough risk in your portfolio to make money. And what a lot of people don't understand, or maybe some people understand, is insurance companies, their portfolios are fixed income portfolios predominantly. And you know they're really driven by analyzing the returns of the cash flows of the assets so for my former company, we were investing in like mortgage-backed type securities because we cared about that cash flow that was generated through these mortgage-backed securities, and then just regular corporate bonds. And depending on our analysis of the liabilities, how much duration risk and how much duration we wanted to push out or credit risk to sort of push into to generate more returns yeah, for our portfolio. You made an interesting point. I'm not sure if I misheard you, but you said that um, you wanted investors to look at themselves like a company that has to invest. Is that the case? Is that the way you'd like investors to see themselves? Yes. And I don't want to put words in Vinny's mouth. So, you know, Vinny, when I'm finished, you can jump in and also give your point of view. But, you know, I think our, our perspective is a lot of times when we are thinking of what we're investing in or how we're investing we may think like, you know, I've got my Vanguard account, I've got my IRA, I've got my 401k, and I'm looking at them very siloed. But companies actually look at a complete perspective, right? And we want to really focus on thinking not just, oh, you know, I've got an ETF here and I'm I'm fine there, it's doing well. Yeah, they're naturally diversified. ETFs, by definition, yeah. are diversified, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. But we know that they're not. No. And then, you know, here in my brokerage account that's separate from my retirement plan, I'm investing in these tickers. And so sometimes you don't think to manage it from one perspective. And that's sort of what I mean by thinking like a company is a company, you don't just silo your individual assets or what you're investing or your different accounts. Everything's looked at holistically. 
So, Vinny, let's just step back for a moment before we talk about um, portfolio management and risk. But um, what was it like starting up a fintech? Was it scary or exciting? Yeah, I, I mean, starting up anything new is scary, right? Because you just, you really don't know like what's in hold for you in the future. But luckily, you know, I have Jeff as a partner and a good team that I work with that helps us. Because by trade, by training, we're not developers. We're not really coders. Jeff's a much better coder than I am. I'm, you know, I can get the simple things done. But for the most part, we have to rely on experts that are good at coding and doing the back end stuff for us, the front end stuff. So a lot of it is just project managing and just having the vision to kind of like see where the company should be going, be hyper-focused on where we want to be, and then hopefully just make a little bit of progress every day and move forward. Um, it seems to me this is part of the democratization of investing at the moment, is that um, over the last 10 years, even just five years, we've seen so many of these new apps and services that are available to empower people that have, haven't had this kind of power in the past. I mean, it must feel good to do that. Yeah. I mean, like in today's world, you know, with so many tools and resources, data available to us, there's really no reason why we can't make better investment decisions. So we try to, you know, make it super easy and super simplified so that people can use our app and just kind of, you know, get better data really. Yeah. So what kind of mistakes have you seen people, in, well, especially your friends? I mean, you talked about your friends with meme stocks. Is that the main kind of mistake or what are some of the other mistakes you're seeing investors made and have you committed any yourselves? <laughs> I can start with this one. I mean, I make mistakes all the time, right? The important thing to know is that you have to learn from your mistakes quickly. Don't be married to any one particular position. Don't be stubborn. If your investment thesis changes, you have to change with it. You have to be flexible enough to get out, admit you're wrong. Cut your losses so that it doesn't snowball into something bigger. There's always going to be a better opportunity elsewhere. You just have to look. And yes, you know, a lot of the mistakes that I see right now, like just reading about it in the papers, you know, just, you know, a lot of people chasing these meme stocks that go up 100% a day, go down 50% a day in companies that just don't have really quality fundamentals. So I think it's important to understand the fundamentals of a company, understand why you're investing and not just, you know, following what's hot and just chasing. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier is, you know, a lot of times the mistakes that we make, we don't realize, you know, I'm holding Apple stock here, but then I hold a Vanguard spy index fund ETF somewhere else. And I'm pretty much holding more Apple than I imagined. And so, you know, I don't realize maybe how diversified I am or how not diversified I am. And I also don't realize how concentrated I am per se. And that's usually known in the industry as correlation, isn't it? Yes. Do you want to expand a little bit on correlation and um, the risks involved with that? Uh, sure. I guess the big misconception most people have with diversification is the more stocks you own, the more diversified you are, right? You know, that's true to a certain extent, but the key thing to understand is correlation, right? How each stock is correlated to each other in your portfolio, and what we try to do is we try to diversify your portfolio, find the right combination of stocks in your portfolio so that we get the lowest amount of risk and the highest amount of return. And we call that the sharp ratio. So we try to maximize your sharp ratio by optimizing your stocks, diversifying your stocks in a way that it's as non-correlated as possible. 
Listeners know that I'm always banging on about diversification, and that doesn't mean buying different stocks. Diversification means being invested in a range of asset classes like bonds, real estate, precious metals, and now wine. Wine is an asset class that's been around for hundreds of years, but until now, only available to the mega wealthy. VinoVest makes it easy to invest in wine. They have a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell and even drink them whenever you want. There's a case of wine in a warehouse with your name on it. Wine has a third of the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed global equities over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualised returns, proving that the returns can be as full-bodied as your favourite Napa cab. Go to zen.ai slash stocksforbeginners to receive two months of fee-free investing. Be sure to mention that Stocks for Beginners is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with VinoVest today. That's zen.ai slash stocksforbeginners. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So when someone comes to your app and downloads the app, hopefully they will after they're hearing about it on uh, this episode, what are they confronted with? What do they see? Yeah, so the first thing that they actually see is they would need to register. <laughs> yep. <laughs> know your customer. You're right. And um, once you finish sort of the onboarding process, the first step is deciding if you want to manually input some tickers or you want to link your brokerage account or whatever accounts. And we've partnered or are using Plaid to do that brokerage account linking. And so actually it's a pretty seamless type of function that you can use and Plaid handles all the security. We don't hold any of your passwords. That's all handled by Plaid. And once that's done, everything just sort of runs. You know, our algorithms, everything just runs in the background. It is a little bit data intensive, algorithmically intensive, mathematically intensive. So we do take a couple seconds, you know, and obviously it depends on how large your portfolio is, how many tickers you have, anywhere it's up to 30 seconds or a minute to really run all the analysis we need to run for the individual. Does it um, come up with a number that um, rates the diversification of your portfolio? Right. So actually, we're not just boil it down to one number per se, but what we do is when you come in, the first thing you'll see if you go to sort of the home screen or summary screen is a summary of your portfolio currently as is. So your portfolio is sharp, your portfolio is volatility, your portfolio is CVAR, conditional value at risk. And also, we will show you your portfolio. You know, we'll put up a visualization, a chart of sort of your individual holdings, your individual tickers, and sort of graph it, chart it out for you. So you can visually understand to see which 
tickers are a little bit more risky with not great returns and those that have better risk-adjusted returns. And so you kind of see it right away. We also offer individuals the ability to see how they are allocated across sectors and industries. So once you've sort of understood how you're looking today, then really you get into the meat and bones. You can go and we have this screen called Build, we have a screen called Allocate, and we have a screen called Project. If you just click through Build, Allocate, and Project without adding anything in Build, we can come back to that. And Project, you know, what we do is we take a machine learning algorithm and we tie it to macroeconomic factors, in this case, currently at this point, interest rate movements, interest rate scenarios, and we run a thousand different ones. And we project how your current portfolio will do two years into the future using a machine learning algorithm. And so that will maybe help you understand how your portfolio may perform into the future under different interest rate scenarios and hopefully give you a little better understanding of how things will look into the future. It sounds like the part of the process is a learning process for users so they can actually understand what's going on in their portfolio rather than just blindly throwing a dart and uh, choosing stocks. Absolutely. We quickly understood as we were testing with friends and beta testers that you know a lot of people, when they come to investing, they don't necessarily have a completely scientific process or methodology to sort of analyzing, you know, and I'm guilty of it. Vinny's like, Jeff, I love this ticker. And I'm like, you know, I believe in Vinny, so I'm going to believe in the ticker, you know. But that's not really what we're trying to encourage people to do. We really want people to really put in the effort. We understand it takes effort, but it allows them to understand why they are in a position and allows them to think long-term and hopefully, once they take that into perspective, they will do well in the long term. Short term is a little bit, you know, a little bit tougher. And Vinny, I think this is something important for new investors to learn, is that um, investing in the markets is not easy. It actually takes a lot of knowledge. I mean, you've worked in the industry, you know exactly what it's like. And people come in and they think, you know, stocks go up, I can just pick them and everything's going to be okay. But it doesn't actually work that way, does it? No, no. I mean, you really have to put in the time and effort. And, you know, for the most part, some people, you know, they jump in and they start buying certain things. It may go their way, right? But, you know, that's not really investing to me. That's just, they got lucky, right? So, you know, to really understand how to invest, it is easier to play the long-term game because, you know, you might not have to be as active. You might not have to follow the markets as much as, say, if you were day trading, where, you know, you'd be constantly watching the market, every ticker, every price action, really, to really like take advantage of the market. But simple strategies like dollar cost averaging into an index or, you know, just investing over time, it works. And there is a positive bias to the stock market. It tends to go up over time. So, you know, don't try to time the market. You know, if you're in it long enough, let compound interest work for you in your favor and you'll be fine 10, 20, 30 years from now, right? A lot of times we don't really have to overthink investing. It could be a really simple buy index, contribute to it frequently and consistently, and you'll be fine. You know, for those that want to be more active and really want to learn, you can 
pick certain stocks, you know, understand it, and then diversify your portfolio and play that game. There's certainly different ways to invest and there is no right or wrong one. But that's the point though, is that you actually have to learn a lot and spend a lot of time to start picking individual stocks. Like you say, you can dollar cost average into index funds over a long period of time and you will do well if you've got a long enough time horizon. But the actual process of learning about individual companies and stocks requires a lot of research, knowledge and understanding. That's absolutely correct. What are the criteria for optimal diversification? This is a hard question. This is a big question, isn't it? (laughs) This is the big question. And uh, I think we mentioned some of the things that we looked for before. Our goal, obviously, is to try to get the best risk-adjusted returns, meaning the lowest risk and the highest return. So some of the things that we look for are the volatility, historical returns, and most importantly, the correlation of the stocks to each other. Like for instance, like owning like a Visa and MasterCard, right? I wouldn't call that a diversified portfolio. Certainly it's better than just owning 100% Visa or 100% MasterCard. But, you know, those two companies are very closely related because they have high correlation to each other. They basically do the same thing. Exactly. So, you know, to really get the optimal diversification, you'd have to find something that is in a different sector or or even a completely different asset class, right? And then finding the best combination of those weightings that gets you the highest sharp ratio would be your optimal portfolio. What is the sharp ratio? It's really just um, risk over return. So it's kind of like your uh, risk to reward score, if you know, if you want to think about it simply. Mm-hmm. Return over risk. Return Return over over risk. risk. (laughs) Return over risk, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the correction. (laughs) We'll put a link into the episode notes so that listeners can um, find um, some information about that. Actually, do you have an explanation on the website about that? We do, and in the app, we do have what we think hopefully is a simplified (laughs) explanation of it. But yes. Or in the app, we have an FAQ and a definitions section. Okay, fantastic. So you must see a lot of data from users, and speaking generally, the data is obviously anonymized. What are the mistakes in people's portfolios that you're seeing as they enter their data? We actually don't really look at the data from our users. We try not to because we try to respect people's privacy as much as possible, right? But from the accounts that we've tested, we've noticed that you know, over-diversification is a big problem, which simply means that they just own too many things that, in effect, affect the returns. Well, you can be over-diversified. You can certainly be over-diversified because, you know, there are only so many companies that are good. And if you buy everything, you know, it's going to drag down your returns. Yeah. Potentially, your risk level might be lower, but your returns for that risk level is also lower. So that's what over-diversification really means. Let's zoom out for a moment. As we talked about at the beginning of the interview, you're part of a technology revolution in the financial space. How do you see this playing out over the next few years? So, I mean, think for Vinny and I, I think sort of what you're trying to do here, Philip, is educating us retail investors and giving us the ability to really understand and take control over what we are investing in and how we're investing and and really customizing our risk tolerance to a certain degree. And back in the day, you would have a financial advisor, and financial advisors are still going to be great for those that can afford real financial advisors. 
But as you know, more and more of us have to take control of our 401ks, our retirement investments, our IRAs. Unfortunately, now more of the responsibility of understanding investing is in our hands. And with the current environment with robo-advisors that are very popular here in the States, and with an app like Robinhood that's just made trading extremely, extremely, extremely accessible and easy, I think there's going to be a shift where a lot more people are now getting interested or have been interested through the pandemic. And, you know, they want to get better at it. Once they understand the risk tolerance, they can go and sort of using Javelin or other tools or other investing methodologies, such as dollar cost averaging, as Vinny mentioned, they can really tailor their risks that they're taking and ultimately impact the returns that they get in their portfolio, which is what, at the end of the day, everyone really cares about, how your portfolio performs. And so I think over the next few years, we're going to see more people having a better understanding of how to manage this part of their finances. So please tell listeners how they can download the app and find out more information. And I think we should also spell the name because it might not be spelt like um, it sounds like when we're saying it. Sure. So you can visit us at javelininvest.com, J-A-V-L-I-N invest.com. And there you'll see links for Android and or iOS devices. Or if you want to go directly into stores, search for Javelin Invest, J-A-V-L-I-N space I-N-V-E-S-T, and we should pop up in all the stores as well. And do you have an elevator pitch, just a few words that you can say to listeners to why they should use Javelin? Sure. Javelin is an easy-to-use portfolio optimization map made for everyday investors. We try to make everything as simple and easy to understand as possible. You know, we know it's not an exciting subject matter, but it's important and we want to make sure everybody has access to these types of tools. And so our goal is to help our users to be better investors. And um, you both came from a basketballing background and met over basketball. I would have thought maybe the name would have been basketball related, but um, you're actually moving into NFTs just as a little bit of a side hustle as well in the basketball space. Now, that's one of the things that I've been sort of looking into, you know, I actually made a basketball 8-bit app game. And so I'm exploring, seeing if that's possible to do as well. Yeah, it's more as a fun thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And how about you, Vinny? Have you got any side hustles on the go? I don't have any side hustles. I am just, uh, you know, full-time javelin right now. And um, just before we go, Vincent, did you have an elevator pitch? Or is there anything that you wanted to add there about um, Javelin and why people should uh, check it out? Yeah, I mean, Javelin can help you make just better data-driven investment decisions, right? Uh, so I think typically if you want to optimize your portfolio, it's a pretty complicated process. You have to pull the data, clean the data, analyze the data. You'll have to know what you're doing to optimize, know the formulas. And it's a very intensive and complicated process. And that's actually one of the reasons why we made a portfolio optimization app is uh, there just wasn't an easy way to do it. So Javelin can help you optimize your portfolio with a click of a button. So I think that's pretty cool. Vinny and Jeff, thanks very much for joining me today. 
Thanks for having us, Phil. Thanks for having us, Phil. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.